Hello and welcome to episode 8 of the Raider Power Podcast. I'm Ryan and with me as always is my man Moss. How you doing today, partner? Man, I'm doing great. I was doing like okay at the beginning of the day and then like the second half of the day came through and man, I just felt freaking fantastic, man. Wow, that's kind of similar to the Texas Tech TCU game. <laughs> is it really? I didn't it know. is. I didn't even oh, know. Wow. But uh, Chris, what are you drinking on over there? Oh, I'm having a little dandy, a little dandy wine, but uh, I have an, another glass for me because I told my boy Dom that I'd be popping a bottle So for his unbelievable performance uh, on special teams. So hold up. I'm going to grab it. Yep, yep. Right, Dom for Dom, baby. I got my other glass here. Hey! Oh. It's Corbell. <laughs> <laughs> Or uh, Dom for our boy Dom, any way you want to look at it. Uh, I, myself, am drinking a Coors Light, as always. Mm. Ooh, keep them out in the blue. But, um, yeah, let's dive really into it. I've been cracking cold ones recently. Yeah, you know, it was a couple off weeks where, you know, it was a bye week and then coming off a bye week, so I took some breaks. But now we're right back on the Coors Light train. Mm. Am I right, brother? <laughs> I'm right. You're right. All right, well, let's hop into it, man. Um, great week uh thursday night game another nationally televised game against tcu at tcu uh the boys come out absolutely you know rearing at the horns ready for the win and they come out with a nice 17 14 win a defensive battle not something you're used to but uh give me your first takes on that win brother i mean if both sides of the ball could get it together then this team has a shot at a big 12 title um my initial thoughts from the game just gritty, hardworking performance from all sides of the ball. They didn't give up. The defense played unbelievable. And I really got to give a shout out for Jet Duffy. It took a lot of guts to go out there and play the way he did. He took some hits. He made some big plays when needed. And, you know, Cliff pulled him at the beginning of the second half and put McLean Carter in. And that must have been tough for your starting QB to be playing the game, feel like he's on a roll, doing pretty well. And then getting subbed out, feel like, you know, the coach lost faith in him. Putting McLean Carter and having him play, you know, a few snaps and then being put back in and then throwing an absolute dime to J.D. and Hyde for a touchdown and then just that epic run. So I think it was just a great team performance, hardworking. I think it really gives credit to the Texas Tech football program that they can win in a defensive battle, not just a, you know, a shootout. So... It was a great win. I think it was one of the best wins in Cliff's career, to be honest, because he had to go in there and play against a Gary Patterson defense that was up for the challenge of a fantastic offense, and they had to figure out different ways to win. So, yeah, just hardworking win all the way around. Fantastic W. Yeah, I got to reiterate what you had to say about Jet Duffy. Uh, I cannot talk enough about this guy's mental toughness. Uh, Cliff talked about it, too. And like you said, for McLean Carter to come in for a drive and then not have it and Jet have to come back in after knowing, like, you know, maybe the team thought that what he was doing in the first half wasn't enough and we had to go a different route in the second half. But for him to have to come back in and really show what he's all about, the mental toughness on this kid is is bar none. And he really had a great second half. You know, it was really all those two big plays, that long pass, like you said, day on high, and then... When Cliff drew up that draw play, it was a designed quarterback draw. TCU brought everyone, and Jet fucking ran all the way to the house. That was incredible. Game-winning touchdown. Can't say enough good things about Jet. Uh, the wide receivers, you know, Wesley continues to look great. 
another good performance, 82 yards, only three catches, but he was getting the big plays. High, obviously, great game. Vasher, you know, he tried to come out and first drive, had a couple catches, but then injury bug is still uh, fighting him and he, and he couldn't play. I'm just really hoping, you know, we get another long break this week because we had the early early week game. So hopefully he can get healthy in time for the Saturday because he's a huge part of our offense, as we both know. Um, the running backs. The running backs is interesting right now because everyone's healthy finally. Trey King's back full. We got the two freshmen. Um, you know, you still got delay on ward and then, um, you know, it's a, it's a stacked backfield top to bottom. And I think we kind of saw that game, what they're going to be going for. And it seems like the top three guys right now are King Henry and ward. They were the guys really getting all the touches and it it was good to see them all doing kind of what they, what they had to do to stay in the field and get good plays for the offense. But King King was when he had the ball, he was running great. I think he had six yards of carry, uh, it was really helping our offense move the ball when we really needed it to kind of get the first downs we needed. And I can't say enough good things about King. What do you have to say about the running backs? The running backs were great. I mean, like you said, that King came in and he had some explosive uh, runs that we needed at the beginning of the second half for first downs. I thought that was great. Uh, I don't think Dalion Ward's 100%. You know, he's their starting uh, running back, and he didn't get many attempts. I don't even know. I think he got like, yeah, he got three attempts for eight yards. Um, not great performance out of him, but like I said, I don't think he's a hundred percent. Uh, you know, the he freshman... was out there though. He was out there on passing downs. Was he? You I know? mean, I, I didn't yeah. see. He was out there on passing downs. He only had one catch, but he was out there a decent amount. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hoping, you know, as the weeks get on, like, yeah, you say he gets healthier and healthier and looks better and better. But I mean, I, I love the three headed attack of those three. I don't know. Honestly, I'm not sure who's healthy on this team right now. Honestly, probably 50% of the team's banged up. That'll happen deep in the season, though. That's for sure. Uh, anyway, yeah, I think the rushing attack, you know, I think you could, that's a little bit of a credit to uh, TCU's defense, just how stacked their D-line is. But, yeah, when we needed a big rushing play, we got it. So, you know, Cliff has two attacks when it comes to offense. He can air it out or he could run it. He's got the run-pass option with Duffy, and he's got the long ball with Duffy. And then if Bowman's 100%, then he can, you know, fling the ball around, like, the back of the schoolyard during lunchtime but right now we got a great backfield when it comes to the running backs um yeah i think it's just going to be great moving forward with the program yeah i'm looking great and like you said on the other side of the ball the defense uh you said it in the beginning if we can get a performance of the best of the defense with the best of the offense at the same time that's going to be a hell of a team because that defense looked great Held TCU to 14 points at home, had a few turnovers, a couple picks, a forced fumble that was massive. Should have had another forced fumble. Um, I mean, made the big plays when we needed to, got the stops we needed to. And the secondary, you know, they're still letting up some yards, but they're looking good. Deshaun being back, it's obviously huge. And I want to give a shout-out to Fry, a true freshman, playing cornerback, named to the the midseason second-team All-American. He's tied for the lead in picks in all of the FBS and leads the Big 12 in passes defended. He has been a unsung hero of the secondary, and I've been I'm just so happy he's on the team. I mean, we're singing his praises now, so he's not unsung no more. I'm singing, I'm singing you now, baby. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if they can put both sides of the ball together, then I'll say it again. They got a real shot at a Big 12 title. And um, let's give a last shout-out to the, the last part of the team, the special teams, man. You already talked about Dom a little bit. Let's let's hear a little bit about your boy. God, you know, Dom, I appreciate 
the hard work after that Ole Miss game because I was dogging on you, man. But you know what? You came back better than ever. And I think, honestly, you're a top 10 punter in the FBS. So, again, cheers to Dom and cheers to the Dom that I bought today. It was Corbell. But still, cheers to you, my man. Um, you know, you're my favorite player on the team. So keep up the hard, good work. And uh, you want to talk about Clayton Hatfield? Yeah, I mean, once again, great performance by Clayton, hitting everything uh, when he gets in the field. Dude he doesn't won miss. Us that game. I mean, if yeah. You think about 17. it. Amendola, the kicker on their team, missed an important field goal. They would have been tied 17 17. Guess who didn't miss? <laughs> yeah. Guess who didn't miss? Clayton Hatfield. Our boy. Yeah, special teams, a great part of the game, but I think that, that's a good uh, segue into just talking about the overall pros and cons of the game. So hit me with a couple of your pros, my man. Yeah, I mean, I was going to save it for the end, but the defense was just incredible. So you just held a Big 12 offense to 14 points. So biggest pro for me is the defense. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you're going to say the second biggest one is Duffy, so I'm going to let you head into that. Uh, 100%. Duffy uh, talked about his mental toughness, and I'll talk about it again. Incredible. Kid made the big plays when he needed it, and those two big plays, those two big touchdowns, I mean, that's what the points were on the scoreboard, and that's how we won. So, Duffy, shout out to you, my man. I mean, third-string quarterback, essentially, but playing like a first-stringer and getting a big conference win. So, shout out to our man, Jet. Uh, what else, Kristoff? God, you know what? I think the other other biggest pro is Cliff. Ooh, that was a head coach battle going against a guy that I said is a top 10, maybe top five coach in the FBS with Gary Patterson. Cliff outcoached him. Think about it. That that game came down to two, three big plays and they were drawn up by our boy Cliff Kingsbury. So. Yeah, I think we got I mean, to say that he's a. I think that was a statement win for him. That was a statement win for the program. I think you know what all the chit chatter about Cliff being on the hot seat. I think that's gone after that W. So I think he's really coming into his own. He can prove that he can coach against the biggest guys in the game. So massive pro. I mean, yeah. I mean that that draw that he drew up was genius coaching like tcu was bringing the house they ran the qb draw and jet used his wheels getting the end zone and that was uh as much on jet as it was on cliff that was a great play call i know he talked about how uh oklahoma ran that in the college football playoff and baker was able to sprint out for a 60 yard touchdown that's where he got the idea but i mean heads up play calling by cliff great job by him uh like that kind of leads into the big plays we stopped them on the big plays and we converted on our big plays and that was huge. You know, we had the pick in the end zone. That was massive. Causing fumbles, massive. And then scoring on those two long TDs to really seal out the game. So big plays, another pro for me. And uh, the last pro, we just hit on a little while ago, the special teams. Our man's Dom and Hatfield. Great job, boys. They are special. They are a special special team unit. Um, God, I love Let's go. Dom, man. Let's, let's flip guy. over. Let's flip over to the cons, though, you know. Because it wasn't a perfect game. Uh, would have liked to see the offense get out to a faster start. I mean, the first... I'm not sure they would have won that game if Bowman was at QB. I- I'm going to be honest. Just because I think that Duffy stirred them up with the run-pass option enough to, to get that W. So, um, you know, Ryan, 
I'm going to agree with you 50% that that's a con because you know what? The offense did not come out hot, but the defense did come out hot. So 50%. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll say this kind of going into another con, which isn't really something you can control, but it is something that I think is something we need to hit on. You're talking about the team being banged up. It's We need to get the boys healthy. Um, like you said, we're playing with a lot of banged up guys. Uh, I mean, Deshaun hasn't really been healthy 100% all year. A bunch of guys leaving the game, a bunch of guys missing the game. And, you know, you see the the obvious missing points when it comes to the skill positions of, you know, QB, wide receiver, stuff like that. But the offensive line is banged up right now, too. And that's something that's a, a, it's a pretty big hindrance. I know uh, Bruffy oh, left yeah. tackle. Bruffy went out, uh, He you know, mid-game kind of early. And backup left tackle had to come in. And, I mean, that's, that's a tough – that's a really, really important position on the offensive line. It protects your quarterback's blind side. It's huge for the for the pass uh, protection game. And it was kind of getting our quarterbacks hit and bringing a lot of pressure into the into the backfield. So getting those guys healthy, the offensive line especially, as well as the skill position guys, that's going to be huge in this long week off. So I'm really hoping to see some of those starters back out on the on the field to begin this game against Kansas. Yeah, and we, we definitely need them, but I will say, if they're not 100% healthy, don't put them in against Kansas. I would save them for our future games. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to overlook any teams, but I, I agree with don't rush someone back for this game. Don't rush them back. But, I mean, don't try to overlook and assume it's a win. It's still a Big 12 conference game. It's a road game, and you never know what can happen. You don't want to just be benching people. Okay, I'm not overlooking Kansas. I, all I'm saying is that statistically – Kansas is not as good as Iowa State, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think our second line guys can play against Kansas. I'm not saying they're overlooking them. I just think that our second line guys have the skill to play against a team like Kansas. They I think they have the great. skill, but uh, they, they, like, yeah, they, they have to play their best game. Like, I don't want this to be a close one. I want us to win handily. So, I mean... Like, yeah, they can still play against them. I think they have the talent to, but I think if someone's ready, you bring them back. You don't rush them, but if they're ready, you don't bench them to give them an extra week off. Oh, of course, you gotta, of course. Because, you know, you got to break the rust off, too. Like, if Bowman can go and he's feeling good, let him go out and break the rust off a little bit. Yeah, And, you know, don't Bowman play him the whole in. game. Don't play him the whole game, but let him break the rust off and, and get back with his offense. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, I think that's kind of a transition into talking about Kansas. Honestly, we are, we started doing it already. So let's start looking ahead to the next game. Uh, it's a neutral site game at Jerry world, you know, Cowboy stadium, uh, tech is minus 20 right now. And the over under set at 58 and a half. And like you said, we should be able to win this game. This isn't a, a hard big 12 opponent, but it still is a big 12 game. So give me your uh, initial thoughts that we haven't quite touched on yet. Okay, Kansas is a much improved team from last year and especially from two years ago. They actually have some talent. They've got some talent at QB, and they definitely have some talent at running back with Puka Williams. Um, he could have gone anywhere in the country if they if they saw what we're seeing right now. Um, you know, I think they lead the FBS in turnovers. And if you watch that West Virginia-Kansas game, they picked off Will, Will Greer, I believe, three times. So, you know, he is a fantastic quarterback. So, you know what? They, they're they actually kind of dangerous when it comes to defense, and they've got a dangerous run game. So, um, like I said, I'm not overlooking Kansas at all. I think this actually is a much closer game than what people are thinking. I think we're going to have to play some good football to get the W in this one. 
Yeah, I agree. I, I, I don't think it's going to be an absolute walk all over him game. I think that 20 number is, is correct if we play the way we can. Uh, I'm hoping we don't play down to the team because that's going to be, you know, what will be a big problem. But, yeah, this Kansas team isn't the Kansas teams of, of past. I mean, they have a road win this year, Chris. A yeah. road win. That's their first road win in like seven years. Yeah. But if you did I mean, watch that West Virginia game, West Virginia did not play their best ball at all. No, they they did not. Will Greer was was not he was his, himself. He was um, off. So that game, I, I I mean, I know West Virginia being by like sixteen, but we should still be able to be in by more than twenty if we play our game and if our guys are a bit healthier. But um, I got a question: with everyone healthy, Bowman to me is a starting QB. But yeah. if everyone's healthy this game, who do you think starts? As our QB. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jet Duffy is going to start. Think so? Absolutely, 100%. He'll start. And if Bowman is healthy, they might toss him in third quarter. But I, I don't I don't see Bowman starting at all. That's what's interesting to me because, like, if Bowman's your guy going forward and he's healthy, I understand, you know, like we said, don't rush him back and keep people healthy. Duffy's a good quarterback. He can get the win for sure. But if Bowman's your guy going forward and he's the quarterback of the future – do you want to show him that you got the confidence and as soon as he's ready, you throw him right back in, you get him starting, you know he's your guy? Or do you think Cliff communicates it well enough to say, hey, I know you think you're ready, but maybe just take a couple drives and we're going we're gonna to keep jetting? You know what's crazy? At the beginning of this podcast, I said it's a three QB competition just like we had with Mahomes, Davis Webb, and Mr. Baker Mayfield. And guess what happened during that? Somebody went down, somebody came up and played. Someone went down, someone got in their place. So I think right now, Duffy is our starter. I think Duffy is our number one quarterback. And I got to disagree. I, You know what, Ryan? <laughs> I had a little bit more to say on it. I think that Bowman... Or, <laughs> I'm sorry. I think that Bowman and Duffy are both our number one quarterbacks. And hear me out, right? Texas Tech now has two complete different style of offenses that they can run, okay? Say they're going to go play Iowa State, right? Iowa State just showed West Virginia what they can do to a pocket passer with Will Greer, right? So say that Bowman goes in, he starts the game. He gets picked off. He's not, you know, Iowa State's defense is disrupting the normal Texas Tech uh, long balls, slants, just you know, quick passes, and then you toss someone in like Duffy that has the pass option to run, and he can disrupt the offense or disrupt the defense. So I think that in right now, I don't think it's like the Mahomes, Webb, and Baker Mayfield situation because they all kind of played the same game. I think Cliff Kingsbury has two legit starting quarterbacks that can play two completely different offense uh, offensive styles. So I think Duffy starts, right? And I think Bowman comes in in the second half, third quarter, um, and gets some reps in to get the, get the rust off. Now, I think when they play against Iowa State, I think Bowman starts if he's healthy. And if things aren't going their way, Duffy comes in. And I think we'll see this the rest of the year. So for me... I agree with the – I think Jet Duffy will probably start because I don't know if Bowman's 100%. But what I don't agree with is the whole we have two number one quarterbacks right now because I think for a team to be successful, you have to pick a guy. 
when you're flip-flopping between the two, not only does it mess with the psyches of the guy, like, yeah, we said, Jed Duffy, mental toughness, messes with the psyches, but also it messes with the game plan. Because if you have the game plan two different offenses every single week, then you're spending half the time on each. And when you're going up against a good defense like uh, Iowa State, then you need to have a, a succinct plan. It, yeah, it, it might be nice to say, oh, we have options, but like you said, they're two different style quarterbacks, and we have to kind of run a different game plan for each. So having to plan for two game plans and say, hey, we might switch at any point, uh, beyond the quarterbacks, all the other players have to be able to adjust on the fly. And I think that that can just be really tough for an offense to get momentum and get rolling because you got to get in a rhythm. And when a, quor- a quarterback's the biggest part of getting your rhythm, and when you're switching back and forth, I think it really fucks him up. Do I think that Duffy can be brought in on special plays? Yeah, you know, almost like a Wildcat-type quarterback option. But obviously he has a more of an arm than your standard Wildcat quarterback. He might come in on more running style drives or something like that. But I think Bowman's the guy that's protecting the ball more, so less turnovers. And I also think Bowman was bringing mm-hmm. our offense. We, we were the number one offense in the country with him mm-hmm. under QB. So yeah. I think he's your guy. And I don't think you can be uh, saying, you know, we're going to go with both quarterbacks. I think that Cliff has to pick one and, you know, maybe use the other in special situations. But I think you got to pick one and go with that guy. Well, Ryan. There's only one thing I could say to that. And What's that, brother? Time will tell. Uh, agreed, brother. Uh, let's hop tell. into predictions then. What do you think the score of this game's going to be? You know how I've been saying that you know this team's not going to be up to a hundred percent. This is going to be a this is going to be a statement game. This is going to be a real statement game because Texas Tech has not played to their maximum potential at home. And the coaches are telling the players, protect this house. Protect this Mm -hmm. house. We did not protect the house against West Virginia. Mm -mm. And if we won that game, if we won that game, Ryan, we would be top 15. We'd be in the conversation for the Big 12 title. And it got away from us because we did not protect this house in the first quarter. Got to protect that house. Yeah. And I just think that this week against Kansas, everyone is going to be hyped up. Right? They know what's on the line here. They've got a real shot at the Big Twelve title if they get if they protect this house. They got to protect it against Kansas. They got to protect it against Oklahoma, and they got to protect it against Texas. So it starts with this Kansas game. I think we blow them out of the water. I think this is like a 30, 40 point victory, and I don't see Kansas getting more than 10, 14 points on Texas Tech. I think the defense shows up and shuts this team down. And I think that the offense shows up, and I think they light them up. I think we either see Jet Duffy light them up for the first time as a Texas Tech QB, or we see Bowman come in, back to business, back to the number one offense. Because you got you got to think, right? Bowman is getting angsty. You know, mm-hmm. his lungs, they've been trying. They've been huffing and puffing, right? And he is ready to get back out there. I, I'm he sure. wants to show he's still that big bad wolf and blow the house down. I mean, he, as a freshman coming in and taking the control of this, you know, FBS number one offense, you, you, can you imagine the chip that he's walking around with that unit slinging? I mean, he, he's got he's got to be a little angry at this whole situation. I'm sure he's real proud of Duffy, but he he wants to get in there and he wants to light him up. This is his team. This is you know this was his moment. It got taken away from him because. You know, he, he got a little injury. But, yeah, we, we light him up either way. I think I think we win by 30, 30, 40 points. I'll, I'll come out and say my prediction is, let's say, 55 Texas Tech, uh, 14 Kansas. 
17 cans. Wow. Yeah. Wow, I love that. In that I love in that, that area. That, it's a blowout game. That's massive. That's massive. I also think Texas covers Texas Tech covers a spread and um I think that, like you said, the offense is going to, you know, we've had a tough defensive matchup against TCU, and I think that they want to get out and get the ball flying. I think we caused a couple turnovers. I think the defense is, is riding that high off of last week, only lit up 14 points, and I agree. I think the defense shuts them down. They get 10. I think we get around 40 points, maybe call it 40 to 10 is uh, my prediction. Texas Tech all the way. This is going to be a great win. And also, one more thing before we hop into the next segment. I myself had a personal bet with a TCU alum, TCU mm. legend, uh, mm. Dr. James Cash, uh, mm. TCU basketball legend. And Call tomorrow on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Tomorrow is the day he pays. He bought himself a Texas Tech jersey and at work tomorrow, my man, Dr. Cash, is going to be rocking Texas Tech jersey and I'm going to be wearing my clip jersey right next to him. I'll be, uh, I'll be getting a picture for the pod. Don't you worry, baby. <laughs> what up, Dr. Cash? Well, we, we appreciate that. Oh, yeah, he's a man of his word and uh, uh, a man of honor for sure. Um, but, yeah, let's hop into our next segment, Chris. And I think that uh, we talked about it a little bit before in this pod, but uh, this time for some cliff notes. Well, the beard's shorter. A beard's shorter. A good the, thing. And the winds are bigger. Yeah, I, like I said, I think this is Cliff's statement win. I, I think this has been Cliff's win, uh, his best win as a, as a head coach. Um you know, it's not our biggest win, right? I mean, I think his first season had some of his biggest wins, and, you know, that Holiday Bowl win against Arizona State. Uh, but I think this was his biggest win in the fact that this was a coaching battle. And I, honestly, I just think he outcoached Gary Patterson. So uh, that's really all I got to say with Cliff. I think he is, uh, I think he is playing, I think he is coaching at his highest, I don't even know what to say. I think he's coaching better than he has ever coached in his career at Texas Tech. Yeah, Cliff is not on a hot seat in my mind right now. He's playing great. He's fighting for a Big 12 title. He's coaching out of his mind right now. Just beat Patterson and beat Gundy this year, too. Obviously, massive games incoming against a, a three-week stint of Iowa State, Texas, and then Oklahoma, or, and, or Oklahoma, then Texas. And it's going to be an absolute grind. But I think that Cliff, you know, he's shown that this Texas Tech team is legit. He's a legit coach, and we're fighting for a Big 12 title. So can can we rewind it real quick? You say that he outcoached Gary Patterson and and who? Mike Gundy. Oh, Mike Gundy. Yeah, getting a little cocky there, Mike. How's Oklahoma State doing this year? God, I can't believe I can't believe he tweeted out that video about all the years in a row that he's beat Texas Tech. Suck it, Mike Gundy. Maybe chop uh, the flow. Honestly, since we beat them, they've been an absolute garbage fire. Absolute garbage. You hear that, Mike Gundy? You're garbage. Yeah, Cliff fucking dusted you, kid. And um, <laughs> let's go to our next segment, buddy. It's uh, Raiders in the NFL. And uh, Pat Mahomes got his first loss against my Patriots, but he still had a great game, thrown for 350 yards and four tutties. And honestly, this Raiders in the NFL segment is almost turning into the Mahomes segment. I mean, the kid is unstoppable. And uh, he's one of the best Texas Tech products to come around in a long time. And it's just great to see him on the field. And, you know, week in, week out, Mahomes is the talk of the town. Yeah, they really don't have anything else to talk about on ESPN, do they? No, just Mahomes and, like, like oh, oh, is he going to be the first guy to stop Tom Brady? I mean, apparently not, but he's still going to be great and make it a hell of a game. Yeah, I mean, he is a fantastic quarterback. I think everyone knew that that listens to this podcast and follows Texas Tech, uh, Texas Tech football. So, 
I, so there's your yeah, I mean, it, was, it was a fantastic game. Uh, you know, unfortunately, they lost, and I have to deal with all the friends back in Boston, you know, shitting on my, <laughs> new, my new team was the Chiefs, and they're saying I can't be a Chiefs fan, but guess what? I follow Mahomes, so... I can't be the only yeah, whatever, fan. Fuck. I can't be the only fan that's just a fan because Mahomes is playing. So, oh, that's facts. But uh, that's your Mahomes update of the week, and I think that it's time for this week's big games, my friend. Let's hop in. Let's get into some got? gambling talk. Um, game number one, I want to uh, spot on is a is a ranked matchup. It's number twelve Oregon heading into number twenty five Washington State. Washington State undefeated and playing great, and they're a three point favorite right now. Chris, you got any the insights on this Washington State Oregon game? Yeah, I kind of do. Um, Oregon's a really good team. They've proved that. But guess what? Mike Leach is a better coach. So Mike Leach has always in his career had big upsets and big games. And I know that the spread is favoring Washington State, but I see I see Mike Leach coming up with something special for this Oregon Ducks team. Um, I think Washington State wins this game. I wouldn't touch it, but uh, yeah, I think a lot of points are going to be scored. I don't know what the over is, but I know a lot of points are going to be scored. Yeah. Um, so for me, you want to hear a wild stat? Yeah, let's hear Wash- it. Washington State has covered the past eight matchups in a row against the Oregon Ducks. Also, Washington State is coming off a bye week, and Oregon's coming off playing Washington, which is an absolute oh, yeah. grinded-out win against a really physical team. Oregon's oh, yeah. uh, starting left tackle is out, and that's really getting some—it's tough, and they're getting pressure on the quarterback. And this Washington State secondary is actually incredible. Their pass defense is great, and I don't know if Oregon can get the ball running. I don't know if they can get the run game going. So, while, like you said, I think this will be high scoring when these two Pac-12 teams come and play each other, I got to say, I think I'm going to lean Washington State with a minus three and keep that uh, tradition going of covering year after year after year. You know, as I've said before, and I think uh, everyone knows this, that is either a Texas Tech football fan from a little bit back in the day or a Washington State fan, but Mike Leach is an insane human being, and he's a fantastic football coach. And I got a little story to tell you. I don't know if you saw this segment, but uh, in one of the Red River rivalries, did you did you hear about this? Against when I don't think playing, I did. When, when Oklahoma was playing Texas, right? Texas was the major favorite. And uh, Leach was over there coaching with uh, Oklahoma Sooners, <laughs> and he told one of his guys after a press conference to uh, put this fake playbook in his pants. And as he was walking out the tunnel, when all of the Texas, uh, when all the Texas players and coaches were there to pretend like he was dropping the playbook in his pocket and accidentally drop it on the floor. Right. So, so he drops it and guess what? A guy from Texas comes and picks it up and goes, Coach, 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 look what I found. And Mike Leach, Mike Leach was hoping that he would find it, right? And all the plays on the play sheet were the opposite of the plays that he was going to do. So That's insane. Yeah, right? And he saw that they found it. Like, he saw through their play that they found it because they, they were playing formations that were covering uh, the fake playbook. And we called the opposite one. And Oklahoma came out to a hot start because they were getting wide open throws wide open runs just because they were doing the opposite of this fake playbook and apparently texas found out that it was the fake it was the opposite 
and then roasted them. But they were winning. I mean, can you can you imagine doing something like that? I um, mean, this like, guy is out of his mind. The, to have that go through your your head and even think genius. of that is next Absolutely level shit. Genius. Next level shit. And like, I think we're both on Washington State then. Yeah, I definitely am. Let's do it. Uh, let's go to the next game then. SEC right. matchup. This one's going to be the opposite, an absolute defensive battle. Number 22, Mississippi State, going in to play number 5, LSU, in the swamp. Yeah. LSU, six-and-a-half-point favorites. It's probably going to trend right around that touchdown line. Yeah. Uh, LSU, you know, they've, they've proven they're the real deal, uh, yeah. and it's going to be an interesting game. How do you feel? What, what's your lean? Man, LSU is a really good football team this year. Um, six-and-a-half seems a little stiff. Just because I don't think a lot of points are going to be scored. Yep. And they shut them out. I mean, that's the other side of it. Um, you know what? Uh, I'm gonna I'm just going to trail your... Uh, I'm going to tail your opinion on this one, Rye. Yeah, I think uh, under is a good call, and it's going to be an absolute grind-out game. I just think LSU has a little bit more of an offense than Mississippi State does. Um, I think that this LSU team, uh, they, they're great at home. Um, and I think that they can hopefully get their running game going, but their passing game's been better than it has been in the past. They, you know, they don't turn it over that much. Joe Burrow's been a pretty good quarterback. So I'm going to lean LSU minus six and a half, but not a lot of conviction, to be honest. This game's going to be a, a, a tough one. Yeah, I, honestly, I want to touch this one. I'm just going to enjoy watching it. Agreed. Uh, let's go to the next game. Another top 25 matchup, and this one's in the ACC, so we're hitting fucking every division right now. Um, this is number 16, NC State, going in to play number three, Clemson. Clemson is a 17-and-a-half-point favorite. How do you feel, my friend? Man, I'm going to take NC State on this one. That just seems like a too big of a spread for Clemson to cover. NC State's a really good football team. I uh, couldn't agree more. I'm also on that. Three scores is too much. Yeah, I think, I mean, Clemson, I think they're just giving them that spread because Clemson is in the talk for the playoffs and NC State is not. But I think, yeah, I think that three-score line is too much for this game. And I see NC State keeping it close. I don't see them winning this game, but I see them keeping it close. Yeah, NC State, you know, they have uh, incredible uh, pass uh, protection for their for their line. They're actually top five in pass protection in the country. So this Clemson front is obviously one of the best that there's ever been. And they're, they're incredible at, you know, getting to the quarterback and stopping the run. But this... This NC State line, the offensive line, is really legit. And I think it's going to kind of slow down that defensive front. And I think that's what's going to give uh, uh, NC State a chance. And their quarterback, he's pretty good. And I think that they're going to be able to air it out a little bit against this Clemson secondary, who's uh, you know, a little susceptible to the, to the big play. So mm-hmm. I'm with you. I think uh, Clemson probably wins, but I'm going to take NC State with the points. Yeah. And um, the last big game, this is a, a massive rivalry and always a fun one to watch. Uh, this is going to be... Number six, Michigan, going to play Michigan State, number 24 in the country, at Michigan State. Sparty's the home guys, home dogs. Michigan with the seven-point favorites. What's your opinion? I'm taking Michigan State in this one. Are you? I am. It is just such a hard place to play, especially in this uh, in, especially in this uh, rivalry game. Uh, Michigan State's a really good football team. Michigan's a really good football team, right? But mm-hmm. I just I just think we got to give Michigan State home field advantage on this one, and I think they can you know I think they keep it close, and I think they could possibly win. Yeah, so I think this is a, a couple, another game with some wild facts. Um, you got uh, Michigan State 
last time they won at the spread, not one, but last time they won against the spread against Michigan State was 2007. It's been a decade. Wow. On top of that, Michigan State is 0-17 straight up on the road against ranked opponents since 2006. My God. But this is where I'm going to take a turn. I think Michigan can do it. I think this Michigan team is different. Shea Patterson, a quarterback, mm-hmm. they got an air game. They can run it. Michigan State, uh, you know, they have a very good defense against the run, um, which is obviously Michigan's bread and butter, but they have an off, they have an air game now. And seven points, you know, this, this rivalry is obviously close often because Michigan can't cover. But I think Michigan breaks a trend here. And then the opposite pick of Washington State's trend, I'm going against the trend. I'm taking Michigan minus seven. All right. I'm going to make it clear I'm not touching this one. But uh, that sounds like a good pick. <laughs> Sounds good, brother. It's kind of a toss-up game, to be honest. I, I don't really want to touch it. That's fair. That's fair. I'm um, more of a fan of Big 12 football. Well, there's only one Big 12 game this week besides Texas Tech, but let's hop mm-hmm. into it. It's the number nine, one. Oklahoma. Number nine, Oklahoma, going to play TCU, coming off the loss to Texas Tech. Oklahoma, eight-point favorites. How do you feel about this Big 12 matchup? Wow. This is going to be a big game. Expect. Especially if TCU pulls this one out. Especially if TCU pulls this one out. Um, Ryan? Mm-hmm. I'm going to let you go first on this, and I need to collect my thoughts. Sounds good. Um, this is my thoughts on this one. I think TCU is in a very interesting spot. Very their offense, interesting. Their offense has been turning over the ball way too much for them to like keep consistently getting wins. Like a ridiculous amount. Yeah, and, you know, that comes down to Sean Robinson, and he's he's been their guy. You know, he's like the highest-ranked quarterback they've had come in there in a long time recruitment-wise, mm-hmm. um, but he just hasn't had it. He hasn't had what you want, and no. that makes me think, when do you bring in Collins, that other sophomore? He's a different-style quarterback. He can throw the ball. When do you bring in Collins? When do you switch it up and think – it's time, you know, to go with the other guy. Do you stick with your guy Robinson or do you switch it up? And I, I think they have to switch it up. If not to start the game, then if Sean Robinson turns the ball over, you got to pull him. And I think that's the it only way TCU has a chance. It all depends on how his feeling. It all depends that, on how his shoulders feeling. Yeah, but I, I think that's really the only way they have a chance. And this Oklahoma team, they have their defensive woes. So if mm-hmm. TCU can't get the offense going, that's going to be a problem. TCU is the best defense in the in the Big Twelve statistically. Yeah. But Oklahoma obviously has an electric offense. Mm-hmm. They got the great receivers. They got Marty at quarterback. Yep. And what I think that they have a little bit of advantage is with Marty at quarterback is Jet Duffy just showed that a guy who can run the ball or throw the ball, that's someone who's going to have a chance against this TCU team. Yeah. And I think Murray, Murray's in a good spot that way. So yeah. I think if, if TCU doesn't figure out their offense and they can't figure out this turnover problem, you know, if they don't change up their quarterback, I think Oklahoma's going to run away with it, honestly. But this if they can get their offense thinking. going – if they switch quarterbacks, who knows? Who who knows, right? Yeah, Honestly, I think this is a stay-away game. I think this is going to be a stay-away game for me because it comes up to Patterson's coaching. Mike Stoops got fired. Yeah, Oklahoma is oh, going to revamp boy. that defense. Oh, boy. It, uh, the reason I'm having trouble with this one is because I really hope that TCU wins this game. Agreed. Because if TCU wins that game, well, that's just up in Texas Tech for a big you know, this, shot. This this is such an interesting game because it's a great defense and a questionable offense mm-hmm. going up against a great offense with a questionable defense. The offense needs an overall for TCU. 
the defense for Oklahoma is getting an overhaul with firing their defensive coordinator. So that offensive defensive matchup on one side of the ball, we know exactly what's going to happen. It's going to be a battle. On the other side of the ball, who's going to figure it out? Do you think that Oklahoma's defense is more questionable than Texas Tech's defense coming into this game? Honestly, I do, especially with the, the shakeups with the firing your defensive coordinator. Yeah, I mean, we haven't seen Oklahoma really put up a defensive front that is impressive. Not once. No, and I think we've seen the same amount of offense out of Oklahoma and Texas Tech. The firepower, that is. Boy. Yeah, I mean, this, this is game's going to be an man. interesting one. This is going to be a big conference matchup. If You know what? I'm gonna. If I was a betting man, I would take Oklahoma minus... I would buy the points and get minus seven on this one. Yeah, I don't I, think I just, that I don't think they win by a field goal. Yeah, I just think that Patterson's gonna he's he's gotta he's gotta figure it out and he's such a good coach as you've it's hit not on before. Be a shootout. That I think that Patterson might be able to figure something out on the offensive side. His defense might be able to slow him down. I think it's gonna be a close one. I think it's gonna be a close one. Yeah. All right. Well uh I guess I guess we're uh you know, leave it up in the air on this one then, huh? Yeah, this one's too close to call. And, you know, it's a quiet week in the Big 12. Mm. Iowa State on a bye. Mm. They're getting to prepare for Texas Tech. Yeah, they look good. it's going to be an interesting one. They looked really, really good against West Virginia. Yeah, their offense even looked incredible, which is not something you say about Iowa State a lot. Uh, you know, I, I think this is probably the worst spot for Texas Tech having Iowa State in a bye week because they can plan for Texas Tech's offense. But I also think that it's a great spot for Texas Tech because they don't know what they're going to get. They don't know if they're going to get the Bowman or the Jet. Exactly so, what uh, I was thinking. Cliff's got to go with his old game time decision. Game time decision. So next week's going to be a big one. I'm not overlooking Kansas, but I think you know next week's going to be massive. Yeah, I agree. And um, but I think that just about wraps us up for this week, my man. Yeah, I think so. So uh, I'm Ryan, and I'm Chris. And this has been the Raider Power Podcast. Guns up, baby. Guns up.